0: My name's Leon Coates, pastor of Kenova Evangelical Church. Making Disciples, Equipping the Saints. Bible-based, Christ-centred. Luke 15, Heaven's Joy in Finding What is Lost. Luke 15 reads, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. If you have ever lost something dear to you, you'll understand the thrust of these verses. Here we see the father's heart towards those who are lost And of course, that means everyone. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Far from being a judgmental, vengeful God, he stands ready to forgive. He wants all men everywhere to repent, though there will be judgment for those who do not. In Luke 15, there are three pictures that present heaven's joy in finding what was lost. One, the parable of the lost sheep. Two, the parable of the lost coin. And three, the parable of the lost son. First, though, the context for these parables is the displeasure in what was lost, exhibited by the Pharisees. They grumble that Jesus eats with sinners. The Pharisees tried hard to live holy lives, to keep the law, and then some, with their own man-made additions to it, always seeking to earn their right standing with God. Part of that meant not associating with the riffraff, the lower classes, unclean sinners, always correcting the Pharisees' false faith, presenting the truth about the kingdom of God, Jesus takes the opportunity to teach them, not heaven's displeasure at sinners, rather heaven's joy in finding what was lost. It's obvious that a shepherd would go looking for his sheep. Leaving those who are safe, he'd go searching. The leaders of Israel are sometimes described as shepherds over the people of Israel. This may have been an implicit connection Jesus presents them with, as if to say, you shepherds should be looking for these stray sheep, these sinners. The lost are searched for, and when found, there is great rejoicing. Lost sheep, obviously. Lost sinners, more so. The second parable reiterates the same principle with a different message. It's obvious that losing a silver coin, about a day's wages, you'd go looking for it. Lighting a lamp, searching every nook and cranny, sweeping the floor, hoping to see something glint in the light. It's not a case of, oh, it's okay, I've got nine more. No, you go looking for this valuable thing. The lost are searched for, and when found, there is great rejoicing. Lost coins, obviously. Lost sinners, more so. And just as a small community sharing their highs and lows would celebrate finding lost sheep and finding lost coins, how much more so the celebration in heaven when a lost sinner is found. The parable of the lost son goes deeper into all of this. The younger son, in asking for his inheritance, is effectively saying, Dad, I wish you were dead, give me my stuff. Such a shameful rejection of his father. And then he embarks on shameful living, squandering the inheritance he's received. To then cling to a pig farmer in his pitiful state when it all goes wrong would have been so offensive to a Jew as pigs were unclean. In the end, though, he comes to his senses with a shameful repentance. Remembering his father's compassion, even to the day labourers he employed. The younger son, not expected to be treated as a son when he gets there, but merely as a worker, heads back, having rehearsed his remorseful speech. Yet before he can get all his speech out, the father comes running to bring a shameless restoration. There's so much shocking in this story, certainly that the Pharisees listening would have not expected For a father to run was undignified, yet his joy overcame him. He picks up his robes and runs to his returning son. Seeing him far off gives the impression that he was sat at the gate looking and longing for his return. And there he is, returning repentantly to his father. But the father doesn't rebuke. Far from recriminations and rebuke, the father is filled with joy and restores the younger son. The robe was not just clothing, but the best clothing and ceremonial dress for the head of the household on special occasions. The ring represented his authority, a signet that would seal letters and official documents. And sandals? Well, sandals were not for slaves. They were for the well-to-do. What a picture of the gospel this is. If you are far off from God, if you have rejected him in your own living with no respect for him or thankfulness toward him... See this picture of God the Father waiting for your return. To bless you as a son, not to berate you as a slave. To treat you, not tolerate you. He wants to forgive you and restore you. If the story ended here, it would be a compelling picture of the gospel as it is, but there is more. You see, this is a parable of two lost sons, not one. As with the first son, there is also a shameful rejection from the elder son. He should have been the one to go after his brother. He should be the one organising this kind of celebration in the household. The father is humiliated further in having to leave his guests and then humiliated even with pleading with his son. Because what the father says goes. There should be no pleading. This brother evidently had no relationship with his father either. He considered his working for him to be slaving. Bitter service, not loving service. He had no love for his brother either, calling him this son is of yours, as if to say he's nothing to do with me. The shameful assessment of the father is that the elder brother always had access to all the blessings of the father's household. While it may have belonged to the father, the son was able to use it. But given the return of his lost brother, it's necessary to celebrate. In the midst of this beautiful picture of heaven's joy at lost sinners being found, is a warning to the Pharisees, these elder brothers, who despite being nearest to God, who despite obeying his commands, evidently have no love for him, nor for their other brothers, other sinners who need finding. Which son are you more like? The wayward son in sin who needs to come in from the cold? Or the waiting son, doing all the right things, but not out of love for the father, and not loving and looking out for the lost? thanks for listening to the solid ground podcast it's our hope that christians would be encouraged to present a biblical worldview and others would hear the gospel if you have questions please email contact at keneveyec.com that's contact at keneveyec.com